And welcome back to another installment of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Mamer. Uh, today, I guess we have one of those throwbacks to another generation of uh, Conspiracy Skeptic, one of those solo shows, right? No, no guest today. Um, you know, when the year changes, I add a new uh, web page for uh, Conspiracy Skeptic. I increase it by one, oddly. So I have a 2013, and I gotta rejuggle all the other pages. You know, create a page for you know the my voluminous output for 2012 and 2011, etc. And uh, looking back, I I one of one of my favorite shows uh, that was not the uh, you know one that uh, Nigel did or uh, Stuart did or. Uh, Amira did, or any other of the people who have become, uh, oddly enough, you know, very close friends of mine, uh, even though I don't think I've ever actually even met these people in real life. But, um, apologies to you guys. But, uh, one of my, you know, one of my favorite shows was, um, was A Satan Panic by, uh, uh, guest Ryan Davis. I, I didn't even know who Ryan Davis was at, uh, when he, emailed me yarns ago and said, you know, I wanted to do a uh, episode about the, the Satan Panic from the 1980s. But uh, I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, it's a great idea because uh, to be honest, I don't, I, I don't even know if Ryan Davis was old enough at the, in the 80s to even remember, you know, watching all this claptrap on, uh, you know, on the talk shows. I don't think Oprah was big back then, but it was like, um, gosh, you know, we had Geraldo and Donahue who? Yeah, I know. Uh, think, Sally just say Raphael. Uh, and, uh, yeah, who? She had the red gl- Never mind. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but then it was a really, really good show. And anyway, so I was looking back and I sort of remembered that show. And it turns out Ryan Davis is kind of, he's he's like a big wheel in New York. He's like, um, he wrote like sort of like an off-Broadway musical that was critically acclaimed and 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 he's he's a big sort of social social networking guru and um uh all, really big into sort of uh you know gay marriage rights and gay rights and all sorts of stuff and and I'm like wow you know I, I just like I said I didn't know who he was but it was just sort of awesome that you know I guess uh you know <laughs> I have such high caliber listeners anyway so it, I was looking at this and it reminded me of uh one of the more interesting offshoots of the uh, Satan Panic in the early 1980s was uh, was sort of the the role playing game Panic. Uh, it shared, of course, most of the same features with the Satan Panic. Um, you know, you kids are going to be uh, possessed by the devil and turned into Satanists, and they're going to be eating small children and dogs and all sorts of things, and generally smarting off to their parents and prop. Pro- probably not voting Republican in their when they turn eighteen. So uh, th- th- this caused people in the nineteen eighties some some concern, and um, I-, I-, I guess it all sort of came to a head around uh, uh, nineteen eighty two or slightly later when when something came out called the 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 Pulling Report. Um, we have to go way, way back again, way, way back to 1982 to steal a line from The Simpsons, when uh, an age when uh, we found a new reason to live uh, in the clear 
beverage mania. That that line is ripped off directly from The Simpsons. Don't don't credit me with any sense of humor for it. But anyways, we're going back all the way to 1982, and um, and uh, there was this woman uh, named Pat Pulling. Um, Pat Pulling did, didn't have a very happy life. In in 1982, her son Irving, uh, or as many people call him Bink, Bink Pulling, uh, committed suicide. He found a loaded, unlocked pistol in uh, Pat, this is a woman, uh, Mrs. Pulling's bedroom, put it to his chest and pulled the trigger. Uh, as Mrs. Pulling would, would come to tell anyone, and I guess everyone who asked, up until uh, his death, you know, her son was a normal, intelligent, well-adjusted high schooler who suddenly, and without absolutely any warning, killed himself with his mother's own handgun. Why? Uh, well, Dungeons and Dragons, of course, or as we say in the biz, D&D. See, I guess a day before he blew himself away, his dungeon master ostensibly put a curse on his character, and then blammo, you know, blammo, I say. Pulling Suderson's high school for allowing this harmful devil game to be played and you know, warping her, her, her little boy. For those of us who, you know, sort of lived through the 1980s, it, it became a rather familiar story uh, that, you know, makes for interesting press. We're, we're told of a seemingly well-adjusted teen who plays D&D or listens to Ozzy's Suicide Solution over and over and over again or watches too much Doctor Who and believes himself to be a life-regenerating Time Lord and then, quite naturally, he just up and kills himself. The problem with Pulling's uh, you know, media version is, is it didn't really jibe with the actual facts. About a, uh, a mu- about a month before this seemingly well-adjusted and mentally balanced teenager killed himself, uh, Ir- Irving Pulling spent nights in their backyard howling at the moon like a, a werewolf and, uh, disturbingly enough, slaughtered over a dozen rabbits the Pullings were raising. He, he also disemboweled a neighbor's cat. Uh, Mrs. Pulling seems to have willfully ignored these signs of mental illness, sought no treatment for her son, and willfully ignored the dangers of having a loaded, unlocked handgun in the house. Mrs. Pulling, she she put the full blame on D&D and the high school principal who should have seen the warning signs as, uh, I guess, you know, the warning signs a parent, uh, you know, could not. Uh, A court eventually threw the case out. Pulling's Allegations a curse propelled his son to take his life proved un- unfounded, at least, you know, in front of a judge and jury. Not one single gamer involved with Irving could actually re- recall the DM. That would be sorry, the dungeon dungeon master, uh, the DM issuing the curse. The court ruling, however, didn't uh, quiet Pat Pulling. She she formed a group called B A D D, bothered about Dungeons and Dragons, bad. I'm bad, I'm back, jam on... Sorry, that's, that's for Jacob Jacks, the uh, only Michael Jackson fan I, I know. Um, uh, under the aegis of this this uh, bad, bothered about Dungeons & Dragons group, she, she marketed herself to, to lawyers and police agencies as an expert on, on role-playing games. She went on The Geraldo Show to talk about how D&D was leading teens into suicide and Satanism. She found and interviewed mass murderers willing to link their crimes to playing D&D. Uh, Pulling found basically a ready and receptive audience among the public. The, the, uh, the, the twitchy re- religious right and, and local law enforcement agencies swept up 
in the empty hysteria over you know child kidnapping, Satanism, satanic breeders, and underground occult child abuse rings, much of which uh, Ryan Davis covered uh, yarns back. For, for a large part of the 1980s, uh, Pat Pulling milked her tragedy the, and the tragedy of others, plus uh, the crimes of a handful of murderers who had some association with D&D. About the only skeptical audience she ever faced was the FBI, who found no rational basis for any of the ideas and, and uh, methodologies in her $300 a head seminars. That's $300 a head in a... a 1980, uh, she was giving to local law enforcement agencies around the country. TSR, th th those were the, the public. That was the publisher of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I guess it's Wizards of the Coast now. Uh, T TSR, they remain mostly silent on the allegations made by pulling. Uh, as TSR, I guess, had, had found with the James Dallas Egbert III, Mazes and Monster, Fury, uh, probably a year, about a year or so before, uh, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. Basically, every time D&D &D was implicated in some kind of horrific crime, sales of D&D &D spiked. So, um, you know, I guess they were pulling for Mrs. Pulling. The Game Manufacturers Association, or GAMA Gamma commissioned uh, Michael J. Stackpole to challenge the increasingly wild claims made by Pulling and Bad. Stackpole, I guess today, is best known as a sci-fi author. Um, he, he was pretty heavily involved in fantasy role-playing and published a lot of material for Flying Buffalo's Tunnels and Trolls system. <sighs> I, I sigh there because it's I think of all the girls I did not date while playing Tunnels and Trolls. Um, Stackpole, he, he sifted through Pulling's claims and and the claims of her bad organization, BADD, and then he released a paper called The Pulling Report. Uh, in it, he attempted to show that this so-called role-playing games expert, who was like, disturbingly call, called in as an expert witness on no less than three capital murder cases was actually no no expert, uh, surprisingly. His report examined many of Bad's facts and figures. Stackpole delved into the various news reports Pulling was using to buttress her arguments. And, and most interestingly, he even spoke to many of the, the murderers who, according to Pulling, linked their crime sprees to D&D uh, during their, their legal defense. What Stackpole actually found was was Pulling was no expert in the field of role-playing, despite her claims of being one. Uh, I guess you can... It was true back then. I, I guess it's true today. You can pretty much put anything on a business card and nobody... No one really says anything. For example, as late as 1989, this, this self-appointed expert was still claiming role-playing games that were actually no longer being published, like uh, Metamorphosis Alpha. <sighs> Sorry, there for the same reason. Were actually top games being played, and ostensibly warping the minds of the youth of America. Um, one would think an organization concerned with the various warning signs, you know, would keep an up-to-date list of RPGs budding Satanists might have on their bookshelf and are sort of, you know, actively playing in schools and public libraries and things like that. Um, you know, it, it's akin to an antivirus software company still touting the Michelangelo virus as the most potent threat to your computer system. 
Stackpole demonstrated Pulling's knowledge of how role-playing games were played was, was not only highly flawed, but most of her writing on the subject was actually uh, lifted from anti-gaming religious tracts that had been floating around for a couple of years on BBS systems. <sighs> Stackpole also uh, revealed a rather hilarious internal inconsistency with Pulling and Bad's thesis that D&D put youths at risk because, you know, they can't distinguish between fantasy and reality and then they they murder their parents. It's just a natural course of things. Uh, the problem was, in Pulling's own uh, you know, questions to ask uh, suspected junior Satanists, one of the questions to ask is if they've read the uh, necro, uh, Necronomicon. Um, the Necronomicon is, of course, a book made up by H.P. Lovecraft as a literary device and does not exist. Uh, I, if I recall, uh, we, we did a... Uh, uh, episode, Conspiracy Skeptic episode 25, we did, um, uh, that would be, gosh, we did an episode on the Necronomicon with uh, uh, SGU's, uh, I, I believe it is described, SGU Board's nicest fan of Conspiracy Skeptic, Joel Y. I guess we talked about uh, uh, you know, how some people actually refuse to accept this is not a real, real book. A, a, a bad associate, a, a Thomas Radecki uh, actually identified the novel Mazes and Monsters as an investigative work of non-fiction. Um, Radecki himself was uh, an American psychiatrist and uh, founded an organization called the National Coalition on TV Violence. And he joined forces with Pulling to sort of try to put the kibosh on Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, as I guess would surprise nobody. Uh, again, this seems to always be the natural order of things. Uh, Rudaki him, himself, in 1992, uh, uh, had his license to uh, practice medicine revoked for uh, five years for, quote, engaging in a moral conduct of an unprofessional nature with a, with a patient. Then in uh, 2012, he... Uh, I guess he got his medical license back, uh, and then he actually voluntarily s surrendered it, uh, facing more allegations of unprofessional conduct with patients, uh, which I guess involved uh, trading drugs for sex. Um, religious moron of the week. So I guess the you know, the upshot is uh, it would seem Pulling and uh, her deputy, Radicki, uh themselves have problems with distinguish distinguishing between fantasy and reality, or maybe um, ethical behavior and highly unethical behavior. Pulling, in an attempt to link D&D to suicide, uh, tried to compile cases she believed were related to, and you know, thereby caused by D&D. Basically, if anyone so much as played a role-playing game and then took his or her own life, well, the game naturally caused it. Of course, anecdotal evidence is evidence of nothing other than a person is good at 
collecting interesting, interesting stories. When Stackpole crunched her numbers and compared it to the national suicide rate, it was easy to see D&D players actually have a vastly lower rate of suicide. Stackpole, unlike Pulling, actually took the step further and, and, and talked to some of the parents of the suicide victims. You know, Pulling had identified as this uh, killing themselves because of D&D. Uh, most of these parents offered that D&D was not the cause. In fact, some felt that the sense of belonging their their their, their son or daughter found within the D&D community actually helped sort of stave off the inevitable for a few precious months or years. Pulling's use of media reports about D&D also came under Stackpole's scrutiny. Pulling would typically take news articles about D&D and republish them within her own material, offering them as so much independent confirmation of D&D's dangers. Now, the problem is many news articles at least make an attempt to include some balance, or I, don't know, I guess they tried this back in the 80s. Didn't work. Um, for example, the way, you know, we did it in the 80s, a reporter might interview a psychologist who sees nothing wrong with the game, you know, those, that sorts of things. Uh, pulling, however, would cut out the exculpatory quotes and data. She would rearrange the articles so as to make it appear legitimate news sources were coming down hard on role-playing. Uh, today we, we call that, that cherry-picking or quote-mining. Not presenting the entire news article or noting cuts were made, it left one with an impression like, you know, wow, you know, the Dallas Morning News is just nothing good to say about D&D. Something, something needs to be done. D disturbingly, um, the woman who almost became First Lady, Tipper, Tipper Gore, I mean, she kind of swallowed uh, Pulling's material with, with an amazingly uncritical eye. Uh, you remember Tipper Gore back in the 80s, she was big on, uh, she was big on, you know, backmasking and, and, and heavy metal music and, you know, terrible lyrics and music and she wanted, uh, she wanted warning labels and all sorts of things. And, and, uh, in one of her books, she actually, uh, she actually sort of cites the work of, of pulling, um, let me find the quote here. But like a cancer, Satanism has come a long way since then, as heavy metal groups capitalize on a growing fascination with the occult form. From the Exorcist to the Dungeons and Dragons fantasy role-playing game, Americans chased one occult fad after another. The popular Dungeons and Dragons game has sold 8 million sets. The game is based on occultic plots, images, and characters which players become as they play the game. According to Mrs. Pat Pulling, founder of the organization Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons, the game has been linked to 50 teenage suicides and homicides. Yes, that was the uh, almost for the almost former first lady, and and, and this is and this is slimy. Uh, Pulling would even go one one step further. She she would also quote newspaper articles that would quote her own organization's allegations. Pulling would, however, cleverly delete the circular references, it making it seem like news organizations had independently verified uh, Bad's claims. Probably Pulling's most chilling evidence comes from quotes. Uh, from actual murderers who, after death row jailhouse conversions to Christianity, pointed a finger at D&D for leading them to Satanism and then murder. Uh, for example, uh, uh, 
teenager named Sean Sellers uh, killed his parents and started blaming D&D right after his conversion for leading him to Satanism. Pulling used his quotes for years without ever going back and checking in on him. Uh, you know, if you, people I guess sometimes change their mind and then change them again. Stackpole, uh, again, actually went to the source. He interviewed Sellers years after the fact. Sellers admitted his enthusiasm for his conversion led him to cast a pretty wide net in terms of influence. He admitted to Stackpole that upon reflection he doesn't fault D&D any more than one could fault a book on Egyptian mythology. As one explores Satanism, there are a few natural stops along the way. Uh, sometimes D and D, Egyptian mythology, being you know being a couple of them. Pulling, however, never did bother to check in on Sellers again, although she got a lot of mileage out of his existence. You'd think she'd check in on him, see how he's doing, bring him a cake. She just basically had the quote she wanted and kept flogging it despite the author recanting. Sounds sounds familiar, no? Another murderer was uh, Dan Molitar. Uh, he, he wrote a famous open letter about D&D that has for a long time been distributed on BBSs and then the internet. Uh, Stackpole also spoke with Molitar. Like Sellers, he, he believed comments he had made regarding D&D's role in, in murder in the heat of his trial were inaccurate. He likewise recanted his earlier statements that D&D was necessarily harmful. Again, Pulling ignored Maltar after getting her quotable quotes. Pulling's, I guess, reign of terror ended after Stackpole published his Pulling report in 1989. It had quite a devastating effect on Pulling's place in the media golden Rolodex and the fortunes of BAD. In less than a year, Pulling basically gave up her position as head of BAD. She went on to sell real estate and she actually died of cancer uh, a few years later. There's a little addendum, I guess, to this to this piece. Um, Pat Pulling, she, she eventually wrote a book called uh, The Devil's Web, Who is Stalking Your Children for Satan? right around about the time uh, the uh, Pulling Report came out. If you go to the uh, Amazon.com page for it and, and look in the, the, the comments, there, there's a comment by someone uh, named Don Moss. Uh, Don Moss alleges to have been a, a, a friend with, with uh, Irving Pulling, the, the young man who killed himself and then started the whole uh, B-A-D-D movement and Pat Pulling going on a holy crusade against role-playing games. Um, I mean, this is completely unverified. This could just be anybody claiming to be someone who knows uh, Irving Pulling, but uh, it's quite interesting what he says. He's, uh, uh, Mr. Moss says, I went to uh, PHHS uh, with Irving, while not best of friends, we knew each other pretty good. I even picked him up hitchhiking home from school the week before he 
killed himself. My first wife, Catherine, dated him seriously before we got together the next year, so I think I have enough uh, credibility to comment on this. D&D had nothing to do with his suicide. In fact, Catherine told me he probably wrote that in his note just to mess with his mom, who he truly despised and was not a nice person and who was not nearly as smart as he was. He was a very smart guy, and it's a shame his mom's pressures, which is really what caused his depression, truth be told, made him feel hopeless enough to finally give up completely. I believe deep down she knew she was the cause, and that is what drove her to latch onto D&D, uh, the D&D aspect so fervently, as a way of repressing the truth to herself under the guise of doing something, quote, good for the world. Another sad case of self-serving false altruism, like so many of the world's crusaders throughout history. Are, are you listening, anti-vaxxers? I have no good opinion of her, alive or dead, and I'm just glad she was eventually discredited, although it's sad she was allowed to do so much damage for so many years. It does hearten me, though, to see this foolish this foolishness has come to an end. Ouch! Alright, so I guess that wraps up uh, your March episode of The Conspiracy Skeptic. April, I guess we will return with a guest interview. Uh, finally, finally going to do an episode on chemtrails. I've been looking forward to getting somebody on to do that for a really long time, and I think I have the perfect guest to do that. Yes, somebody who makes the chemtrails himself. Stay tuned. Uh, remember, if you're flush with money, Donate. Uh, you can donate to uh, Monster Talk, Cognitive Dissonance. They were guests on the show. I believe they are now starting to take donations for various things. They want to go to TAM at the amazing meeting. Uh, those are two awesome podcasts to give your hard-earned money to. I don't want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I do. I always do enjoy your support and your emails, even if I don't answer all your emails, especially when I'm like, I haven't come up with a podcast for the month and I'm just afraid to open these emails because I think you people are going to be yelling at me. So I've been watching girls way too much. Over and out.